Uncensored, unfiltered, untamed. This is the X-Rated Experience with Declan Lavin. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the X-Rated Experience. After a long hiatus, I've decided to... um, Go on a bit of a um, roll for the summer and do this every Friday for the for the for the summer basically, and this is the X-rated experience back with of course myself Declan Lavin after a long hiatus since November twenty eighteen I think so uh, welcome back to all my listeners thank you for tuning in and of course first of all I just want to get something out of the way I would like to apologise for two things yesterday first of all. As you've seen on my Instagram and Snapchat, I was, of course, talking about the rise and fall and rise again of professional wrestling yesterday on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. But there was two things which happened. The first thing was the internet was, of course, down. Uh, so CRKC has their internet with Vodafone and they had an outage all across the county in Kilkenny. So it was unfortunate that any of my fans who were, tr- who, who were trying to stream the event on Community Radio Kilkenny City.ie could not due to the internet outage. And secondly, I would like to apol- apologise for the quality of um, the broadcast because, of course, due to timing issues, uh, you know, the presenter had to read out some things. The intro was about 10 minutes long. Uh, then of course there were songs and ad breaks it only got about 10 minutes out with 30 minutes to actually you know talk uh, so I had to rush a lot of the things and I didn't get to say what I wanted to say but to make up for that I will be talking about what I was going to talk about on CRKC yesterday today on the X-rated experience which will be the rise and fall and rise again of professional wrestling and of course since this is my own podcast it'll be completely uncensored unfiltered untamed no no sponsors no commercial overlords no nothing so you get the full scoop you get everything here on the X-rated experience so First of all, I've, as I said, this isn't just wrestling. I'll be talking about many things today. First of all, E3 2019. Um, you know, the next Xbox was announced. And then Cyberpunk 2077. What's that about? And then, of course, I'll be talking about WWE. The ratings, John Moxley, and the rise of AEW. Then I will, of course, be talking about the rise and fall and rise again of professional wrestling. Which I was, of course, going to talk about yesterday on CRKC. But did not get to finish. So, of course, I'm giving it to you all today. L- listeners, stay tuned. So, listeners, E3 2019, by God, if you don't know what E3 is, it is a annual uh, gaming event where, you know, Sony, Microsoft, various gaming studios announced their upcoming projects, like Bethesda last year announced Fallout 76, which was, of course, a car crash of a game. It completely was a train wreck. It was shit. To put it simply, it was one of the shittest games they could have... If their objective was to make a shit game, they achieved that. If their objective was to make a good game, they did not achieve that. Fallout 76 was a shit game. It was a fucking horrendous game. It was terrible. It was a train wreck. So that's where Bethesda announced Fallout 76 last year. It was E3 2018. Uh, so E3, as I said, is an annual game event. This year, the main two highlights uh, was the next Xbox was announced. Uh, it was sort of oxymoronic because it wasn't actually announced. They didn't announce the first of all the name because, of course, this one's called Xbox One. So what the hell are they going to name it? Xbox Two? That would sound dumb. Particularly since it's not the Xbox Two. The Xbox Two was the Xbox One. So, ooh, oh, God. Yeah, but they're not, they announced it as Project Scarlet is what they're calling it. You know, um, that's what it's, you know, it's project name, Project Scarlet. It's going to be the most advanced, you know, 
They basically just said what we're all thinking. Oh, it's going to be the most advanced thing. Oh, really? It's going to be more advanced than Xbox One? No way. I thought you were going to make it fucking less advanced. Obviously, it's going to be more fucking advanced. You know, they basically hyped up saying, oh, you know, this is going to be for the gamers. You know, after this shit show they had a few years ago when they announced the Xbox One and said, you know, oh, there'll be no backward compatibility, which was a shit thing to do, you know. Because, you know, if you're lending the game to your mates, you didn't want to have... You cannot play this game because Xbox One has uh, outlined it. You know, bullshit. So they're kind of making up for um, a few years ago when they fucked up with the announcement of the Xbox One by saying there'd be no backward... By, by saying you basically can't trade discs, which was a fucking dumb thing to do. Um, but they made up with this one saying, oh, it's going to be for the gamers. You know, we're going to have the most advanced processor on board. We're going to have all these new graphics going to support the best graphics engine and all that stuff. Um, and it's going to be announced next. It's going to be available next year, holiday 2020. So that's when you can expect the next Xbox, whatever it's going to be called. We do not know yet, but that's when we can expect it. And then, of course, the other big thing coming out of it was Cyberpunk 2020. 2077 sorry um so i actually never heard of cyberpunk before but for any of you who are john wick fans you know keanu reeves is a fucking legend he's like a white version of the rock with more of a silent charisma to him you, you know keanu reeves could walk into a room keanu reeves sorry i always say that name fucking wrong and he would be you know amazing he just has a silent charisma about him but um, he was announced as a play as an in in game character in this year's Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. He of course appeared on stage and talked about and hyped up Cyberpunk and how you'll be able to modify your character. And to be fair, the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven does look like a fucking amazing game. And of course, in the trailer, they had Keanu Reeves in it, which straight away for me was a fucking home run. They basically had um you know showing all the gameplay footage first, and then they had at the end it was like. Come on, we have a city to burn. And it showed uh, the guy taking off his glasses. And it was, of course, a, you know, in-game car- in game version of Keanu Reeves. Which fucking, that just, if that has badass all over it. That's, that's me pre-ordering the game right fucking now. Fucking amazing. So that's basically the main things, the main highlights of E3 2019 this year. The Cyberpunk 2077 announcement. And of course the Microsoft announcement that they are indeed developing the next Xbox. And it will be available in the holiday 2020, which is of course Christmas 2020. So that's E3 2019. That's your news for it. Now, on to what I like to talk about, which is, of course, professional wrestling. I am not going to talk about the rise and fall and rise just yet. I'm going to talk about the most recent events and, of course, the biggest professional wrestling or sports entertainment, if you're Vince McMahon, a company in the world. So the latest news in WWE, of course, um... Uh, amid fallen ratings, Dave Vince McMahon has announced a wild card rule, pal, um, to try and stop the ratings. You know, you know, forget about good storylines, forget about cliffhangers, forget about good characters, forget about you know c- continuity. You know, he just think wild card, pal, and um, that'll just solve the problem. You know, Roman Reigns appearing on Raw and SmackDown will solve the problem. Yeah, Vince, it won't. What'll solve the problem is good storylines, continuity, and stop having so much filler. That's what'll solve the problem. Oh, and maybe cut Raw by an hour because we don't need three hours of Monday Night Raw. You know, if it was a great product, it'd be one thing, but it's mediocre at best. It is just fucking awful product at the minute um so the latest in wwe of course they have dropped below two million viewers 
in the first time since 1995. And if you remember back then, 1995, which of course I don't because I wasn't born until 1996. It was just the prelude to the Monday Night Wars. Um, but yeah, due to that, uh, what do you call it? Devon's had the talent in the backstage morale in WWE is meant to be just absolutely shit. Everybody wants to leave. The Revival, who of course are Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson, want to leave because they've been booked like crap. Sasha Banks, who is Snoop Dogg's cousin, wants to leave because of course she's been booked like crap. Um, Ty Dillinger, who is actually known as, whose real name is Sean Spears, he got to leave, which was fucking great because he's fucking killing it on the fucking indies. Um, who else? Oh yes, Dean Ambrose, who was of course one of the biggest stars of the company, left WWE this year. He left at the beginning of May, I think. They announced his departure. They did a whole WWE Network, you know, um, the final chapter of the Shield on it, and um, he left for greener pastures, and he's now John Moxley. And of course, he appeared at AEW's Double or Not to attack Chris Jericho, and the pop he got was fucking it blew the roof off the fucking building because no, no more wacky bullshit he is a hardcore son of a bitch he's a badass and he is who he truly wants to be no more wacky oh i'm a, i'm this fucking moron and shit oh and of course he did a shoot um interview with um Chris Jericho on Chris Jericho's podcast Talk is Jericho which I of course encourage all of you to listen to where he basically just buried WWE for all its stupid mistakes like he talked about how um you know his Vince had this idea of his character he was someone wacky you know he was weird he wasn't you know he wasn't badass he was weird and he had the you know he talked about how you know he'd be at the arena you know for six or seven hours just doing different segments and different scripts and he talked about how bad they would be and how awful they would be and how often he would have to try and turn shit into gold and this is the biggest professional wrestling company in the world he shouldn't be fucking doing segments for six or seven hours and he talked about the reason why he wanted to leave is because he was just so fucking mentally drained and his character was shit in wwe they ruined so many things from his bad to from his turn to a bad guy to his WWE Championship run. They ruined everything for him, and instead of you know requesting his release, he just waited until his contract was out and he left, which of course is great because now we got John Moxley in the newest professional wrestling company in the world, which is AEW. Uh, and Triple H, of course, is meant to be pissed off at the current product. He was caught liking a few tweets, criticizing Vince McMahon over the past few weeks. And, of course, um, a few WWE main roster stars have recently came back to NXT, such as Tyler Breeze, such as Fandango, such as Killian Dane. Because, of course, they're not being used in the main roster because of the wildcard rule panel. You know, because, of course, we just can't get enough of Roman Reigns, can we? You know, Roman Reigns will just solve everything with his suffering succotash on both shows. You know, he'll just solve everything by having him on Raw and SmackDown. And, of course, we have to talk about the Omni-Shane. Shane McMahon, of course, overexposing himself for appearing on both shows. And Baron Corwin, they are just the worst things about Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. They are just terrible. And there's no need for a 50-year-old Shane McMahon to beat Roman Reigns or to beat any of the current stars. He's 50 years old, for God's sake. He's a father. He's a, he's old enough to be a grandfather. He, he He's not believable enough to beat Roman Reigns or, or The Miz. He's just awful. Um, so, yeah, the WWE looks to continue... To be continuing into a downward spiral. Of course we got Goldberg versus The Undertaker as well. At Super Showdown recently. Which of course would have been a dream match. 15 years ago. Not now. 
not now it was a terrible match it was just botchamania was running wild because of course they're both fucking 50 years plus Undertaker can barely move he was like a fucking old guy walking around there because of course he is old he basically needed a walker there was just so many botches I thought Goldberg fucking broke his neck um but that's the latest in WWE, the Saudi Arabia show, of course, in Super Showdown Goldberg versus, versus The Undertaker, which was, was the main event of that show and was a terrible match. They had a 50-man battle royal, which, of course, WWE screwed up and was 51-man battle royal, which, how can you screw that up? And it was won by Mansoor, which, of course, was the Saudi Arabian um, star. So, you know, pandering to the hometown going because Saudi money, oil money, you know. Um, so yeah, that's all the latest WWE news. Now, listeners, as I said, I apologised for the quality yesterday, but now I'm going to give you the piece that I was going to do yesterday, uh, completely free, on the X-rated experience, so stay tuned. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the piece that I was meant to present on uh, CRKC yesterday, but I didn't, due to timing issues. So, um... Let's talk about 1980s wrestling. That's where it's the first decade of major professional wrestling. Of course, this was known as the rock and wrestling area. There was drugs, there was celebs, there was music, there was everything. Which, of course, we had um, the rock and wrestling connection, as I said. You know, we had Cindy Lauper, who, of course, uh, had the song Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Captain Lou Albano, a famous wrestling personality, was actually involved in that song. He was the big fat guy who was arguing with her in the Hawaiian t-shirt in the video. Uh, we had Mr. T, of course. We had Muhammad Ali at WrestleMania. We had Hulk Hogan. No, brother. You know, oh, brother. Let me tell you. Now, let me tell you something, mean Gene. You know, this was the major, you know, peak of professional wrestling. Not just for WWE, but for the territories as well. You know, like the Von Eriks were treated like major fucking international celebrities. They were like wrestling royalty. Not just because they were, you know, um, Texas guys. But because they were God-fearing Texan guys, because, you know, they were um, Catholics, Christians, whatever they call it, they were treated like slabs. And, of course, woo, Ric Flair, he was another major wrestling personality, major wrestler at the time, sorry. You know, the gimmick that Conor McGregor does now with his silk suits and his big extensive shirts and helicopters and all that, that was done by Ric Flair in the 80s. Don't even think for a second that that was original, you know, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. That's Conor McGregor directly copying Ric Flair. Um, This was a peak of professional wrestling, you know, you had the Andre, the giant, the immovable forces, or the irresistible force versus the immovable object. WrestleMania 3 main event, which of course sold out the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit, Michigan with 93,000 fans. Which of course, for any of you casual fans out there, that number is bullshit. It wasn't 93,000, it was more like 83,000 fans. But still, that's still not on the scoff about. But of course, WWE just loves to exaggerate things to make themselves out to be the, the big dogs in professional wrestling. Um, Yeah, and as well as that, their TV ratings were a shit ton better than they were now. That's for fucking sure. For example, the rematch of the WrestleMania 3 main event on Saturday night's main event, which was an NBC program um, on NBC on Saturday night. Um, that drew the Andre the Giant vs Hulk Hogan rematch drew 33 million viewers which just showed how interesting the time was at its peak, peak sorry at its peak and at its apex viewers were interested not just 
you know, and I wasn't be, being treated seriously. It was being treated as over the top, but it was funny over the top. You know, the rowdy, rowdy piper, the you can't throw rocks to the machine gun, pal. You know, the rowdy, rowdy piper, the oh yeah, the macho man. You know, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. All these characters were over the top, but they were funny characters and stuff wasn't as scripted as it is now. Hulk Hogan could be Hulk Hogan. Randy Savage would be Randy Savage, you know, you had all these characters, and they were wacky, but they were funny, you could, you invested in them, and of course, of course, you had the ultimate warrior, let the skies rumble, and all these great characters, you know, wrestling was at its apex in the 80s, you had all this celebrity involvement from Cindy Lauper, from Mr. T. You had, of course, the boxing match between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. T, which Mr. T, of course, lost when Roddy Piper was like, yeah, screw it, and he just scoop slammed them and pinned them. <laughs> which, you know, you can't do in a boxing match because, you know, boxing's real. Um, but, uh, yeah, the 80s, that was the first major time in professional wrestling. Um, now on to the next period, the 1990s. So, viewers, in the 1990s, this was a changing point and a turning point in professional wrestling. It was a sort of a down period in professional wrestling. So, with the 1990s, you had all the territories sort of get gobbled up for Vince McMahon. You know, Hulk Hogan, originally AWA, now WWE. Rowdy Piper, originally uh, AWA, WWE. Ric Flair, originally NWA, now WWE. Um, which resulted in a lot of the territories dying and Vince McMahon becoming the last available uh, promotion. And of course, the product was very uh, cartoonish at the time. You had a lot of you had a lot of uh, occupational based gimmicks, like say, for example, Kane, the big red machine. He was Isaac Yankum, DDS, a dentist gimmick. Um, you had you had other gimmicks as well, like Max Moon, who was meant to be somebody from the actual Moon, which is just fucking terrible yeah and this was basically a down period from 1990 to around 1995 and then what happened then was okay okay so jim crocker promotions that was one of the last available um territories and ted turner it was on uh tnt it was, so ted turner realizing how valuable wrestling was for ratings and etc bought jim crocker promotions and you know because it was owned by a conglomerate in Time Warner, Vince couldn't really, uh, <laughs> he couldn't exactly um, kill it, could he? No, he couldn't. But then in 1995, Ted Turner was like, fuck it, you know, the wrestling's in down period. What exactly can I do to compete with Vince McMahon, you know? Uh, it was in a meeting with Eric Bischoff, who was, of course, executive vice president at the time. And Eric Bischoff, you know, thinking on his feet, was like, oh, give me prime time, Mother Nights. And of course, you know, at the time, only around 2 million people were watching wrestling. And when I say wrestling, I mean WWE on television. And it seemed like such a dumb move to have, you know, WCW Monday Nitro compete head-to-head against WWE on Monday nights. Because you're essentially... The top process was you're essentially splitting the audience. Because there's only 2 million people watching WWE. That means you're going to have 1 million people one million people watching WCW, 1 million people watching uh, WWE. And it would be worse for both products. It would work out bad for both products so both of them would get low ratings but of course the opposite turned out Eric Bishop had of course a game plan he started bringing in all the major uh, WWE stars from the night from the 80s and 90s he brought in Rowdy Roddy Piper Hulk Hogan uh, Randy Savage Scott Hall um, Kevin Nash he brought in all these guys for star powers as well as 
building up the undercard and the midcard. You know, he brought in Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, um, Javante Guerrero, Guerrero, I think that's how you say it. He brought in a load of midcard talent, which are great in the ring. Um, oh, and of course, he created his own stars as, as well. You know, you had Sting. Which of course was in NWA Jim Crock promotions since the eighties. He was he turned into a major star and the turning point and when the Monday Night Wars really kicked up was in September nineteen was in sorry Bash of the Beach nineteen eighty six when Hulk Hogan who is you know this eternal good guy the All American now brother you know eat your vitamins and say your prayers. It was that with Bash of the Beach nineteen ninety six was when he turned into a bad guy. He dropped a leg on Hulk Hogan. Or on uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And he became and he joined the NWA, the new, 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 new world order. And he became a bad guy. And that turned the wrestling industry on its head. And it completely revitalized it. Because now, because wrestling was changing, you know. Because the Cold War ended at the end of the 80s. So this All-American gimmick really didn't work as well. And then as well, you had all these guys, you know, kids that grew up watching professional wrestling in the 80s. And, you know, they weren't kids anymore in the 90s. They were, you know, teenagers. They did not want to hear about eating your vitamins and saying your prayers. They wanted a, a more adult-oriented product. So WCW did that. They, you know, presented more of an edgy product. And Vince McMahon eventually responded in kind, you know, uh, with Stone Cold, Steve Austin, with, with the famous King of the Ring speech, which wasn't scripted. It was uh, Stone Cold's own thesis. Uh, you know, he came out, he was like a... My, my, you know, the famous King of the Rain speech was, Awesome 316 says, I just whipped your ass. You know, and that that led, uh, you know, Sun Quincy Vassen was basically the anti-hero. He was basically a bad guy, but he was cheered for a good guy because people loved bad guys at the time because they were tired of the clean baby face. And Austin presented that, you know, because who didn't want to beat the living crap out of their boss? Everybody does. But he actually did it because Vince McMahon wasn't just the boss in... um. You know, wrestling terms, he was actually the boss of the the uh, WWE. Because, of course, after the Montreal Screwjob, which is when Bret Hart got screwed out of the title on his last night with WWE, everybody hated Vince McMahon for screwing out. Uh, because, of course, the Montreal Screwjob happened in Canada, Canada for screwing off their hometown hero. And Vince McMahon was hated. And that's when the Vince McMahon character came into fruition after the Montreal screw job. And that's when he turned it into, Oh, we can actually work with this. We can work this into storylines, which of course, Mr. McMahon versus Steve Austin was one of the greatest storylines ever of, you know, every Monday night, you had to tune in to see what Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to do on Modern Eye. You had to tune in to see, you know, what, what crazy wacky stunts he was going to do this week with Vince McMahon. And, you know, as well as that, uh, Monday Night Raw was taped at the time and WCW was live. You know, Monday, Nitro, live. And, of course, Eric Bischoff um, used to ruin the results of WWE just for the hell of it. So we could have more viewers to tune in to WCW. He'd go on the air one minute before he was supposed to, just to announce the results from WWE that week. Just so he could be like, yeah, tune into our product now. You don't need to listen to them. Um, but the Monday Night Wars, one of, the Monday Night Wars, sorry, was one of the greatest uh, periods ever. You would sting. You had Goldberg, Goldberg. You know, with his big streak on Monday nights, and he was one of the few homegrown stars WCW had. You had Sting. You know, the Sting versus NWO storyline, where it, it built up and up and up for a year until we got Starcade nineteen ninety seven. Sting versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. That was one of the biggest 
highest buy rates uh, WCW, WCW ever got because, of course, it was a consistent storyline that was a long-term plan from, you know, over over a year ago. And they stuck, stuck to it. They, they made Sting not wrestle. They, they had him rarely appear. And, you know, it just built up and up and up and up. And, uh, yeah, this, the new generation, the 1990s was a great period for professional wrestling. You know, in WWE, as I said, you had Monday Night Raw. You had, you know, these peak of ratings. You know, who could forget that this is their life segment with Mankind and The Rock. But, yeah, the Monday Night Wars was a great period. And now on to 2001 to 2018 period, which is the Monopoly period. Okay, so 2001 to 2018, what I like to call the Monopoly period. So... Okay, so basically we had the Monday Night Wars, right? And it was a great period uh, to be a wrestling fan. So basically in 2001, uh, one big thing happened. So basically WCW started losing money in around 1999 because the the checkbook to just hire too many wrestlers. And, you know, they started, they moved their show to three hours uh, Monday Nitro, which... You know, they made a lot more in advertising revenue, but the fans started tuning away and they just, they hired things for the hell of it. Like, they hired Kiss for a rock concert, which was one of the lowest ratings in history. But as well as that, the main uh, nail in WCW's coffin was Time Warner. You know, because WCW was Ted Turner's baby, not Time Warner's. Time Warner executives hated being in the professional wrestling industry. But they hated it. And then, of course, when Time Warner merged with AOL, AOL was like, okay, we want nothing to do with professional wrestling. And, of course, since Time Warner and AOL merged, Ted Turner lost all of his influence. He still had a lot of money, but all his influence was gone. And they were like, okay, we're killing professional wrestling. We don't want anything got to do with it anymore. Um, So you had this monopoly now in the industry where there's only one company you can really work for, which is WWE. And as you know, as great as WWE was at the time, you know, you can't, one one product does not suit all, sports entertainment does not suit everybody, that's the thing, some people want hardcore wrestling, some people want cartoonish wrestling, some people want um, sexy wrestling, some people want, you know, there's all these different forms of wrestling, and wrestling isn't one size suits all, it's, it's a variety uh, sort of industry, you know, and um, WCW died in 2001, which is a great loss to the industry. Then, of course, you had all these WCW stars come to WWE, like Booker T, like Goldberg, like Diamond Dallas Page, like Sting, like Hulk Hogan, like Scott Hall, like Razor Ramon, like Ric Flair. And a lot of them got misused, like the invasion angle, one of, one of the easiest angles to execute, WCW versus WWE. And WWE cheaped out basically all the big stars from wcw goldberg you know hulk hogan um rick flair had big like turner sports contracts you know and their option was you know do you want to sit at home for you know a year plus or do you want to you know come and work now for half the price you know they basically offered them 50 cents and the dollar of the contract which is just oh and it led to you know the invasion angle which was just terrible and to make up for the lack of wcw stars they turned Stone Cold Steve Austin heel into a bad guy, which was a terrible idea. Because, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin, everybody wanted to cheer him. And you turned him heel just because, oh, we don't have long for WCW stars. Let's have Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, turn heel to support these. And it was just, oh, just one of the most horrible angles ever. And that's when people got to see, oh, oh my God, now that they don't have competition, they're going to start not trying again. And uh, 
Then, of course, in 2007 is when the downward... Uh, oh, and just to mention as well, um, to help with the influx of all the talent, that's when the brand split came into fruition. Because, of course, you know, advertisers, sponsors, networks turned away from professional wrestling and thought of it as toxic after this. Because if a huge conglomerate like Time Warner, you know... Uh, w Time Warner's WCW can go out of business. Then what hope does any other wrestling company have? Even so, they didn't go out of business because of uh, lack of profits. They went out of business because of financial mismanagement and because Time Warner did not want to be in the professional wrestling business. Um, so that's when, as I said, you had this monopoly on the business where you had you know all these great workers, but all you could go to is WWE and WWE turned. PG in 2008 with the whole, you know, hustle, loyalty, respect, you can't see me, which is a far cry from, you know, um, that's the bottom land, because Stone Cold said so, and welcome to the Smackdown Hotel, and just bring it, and know your role, you know, comparing the Rock and Stone Cold to John Cena, it's just monumental, the difference, because the Stone Cold and the Rock and Goldbergs were a lot better than, you know, you can't see me. Terrible. It was basically just a rehash of the Hulk Hogan era without any of the wacky, funny stuff and overly scripted. So the Monopoly period was 2001, 2018. Now I'm going to talk about the resurgence in professional wrestling. This is where it gets good, folks. Right, so we have the resurgence of professional wrestling from 2018, to, you know, basically in the present. So basically all... Last year, an event happened called All In. It's basically the rest, it was basically the WrestleMania of independent wrestling. It was set up by Cody Rhodes, Nick Jackson, and Matt Jackson, all of all of their own money, because Dave Meltzer, who's longtime wrestling journalist, was asked, you know, will any non WWE promotion ever sell out a ten thousand seater arena? And he said no, which you know was a fair assessment. You know, no company outside of WCW since the death of it. Has sold out a ten thousand seat arena, um, and Cody Rhodes, who was of course the son of Major Booker of WCW and Major Star of WCW, Dusty Rhodes, was like, okay, fuck it, I'll take that back. I, you know, because he got released in twenty fourteen by WWE, oh twenty fifteen, sorry, and went on to completely reinvent his character because his character sucked in a WWE, uh. So he was like, okay, I'll take that bet, Dave. I bet you anything we can sell it with a seater arena. And they did in four minutes, or sorry, in 29 minutes and 36 seconds, they sold out the Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois for a, for all in. And it was a fucking amazing show. We had Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis. We had all these fucking amazing independent matches. And it just goes to show that, hey, WWE isn't to be all end all. You can make money outside of WWE. And that inspired billionaire, the Khan family. More specifically, Tony Khan, who is a lifelong wrestling fan. If you don't know the Khan family, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham FC. And they're worth around $7 billion, so twice as much as Vince McMahon. Um, so that inspired them to be to contact uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and be like, Hey, you know, would you like to change the wrestling industry? And... They were like, fuck yes, we would like to change the wrestling industry. We want we want to turn it on we want to turn it on its fucking head and we wanna fucking spank it like a little spank like a little fucking uh, uh, like a fucking monkey, sorry. Um 
And that led to the announcement of AEW in January, All Elite Wrestling, new professional wrestling company, which of course had their first event there in May with AEW Double or Nothing, a follow-up to All In. And, um, <coughs> sorry, and it was a fucking great event. That's where, of course, I mentioned you had the debut of John Moxley, you had Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. And the thing is with AEW, it's more of a sports-centric, attitude-era sort of vibe. It's more directed towards adults, the f- sort of lapsed fans who has tuned out since the attitude era. Because during the attitude era, Monday Night Wars, you had around 9 million people watching wrestling on a weekly basis. Now you've got around 2 million people watching WWE on a weekly basis. That's around 7 million people tuned out after the Monday Night Wars. Because, hey, no competition. The, the creative sucks. It just sucks. Um... So yeah, no competition. Um, and they announced it. So the major thing everyone was criticizing about was because they haven't actually did did any shows until recently until Double or Nothing. And of course, Double or Nothing was fucking amazing. Cody Rhodes, of course, in what's esteemed as a dig at Triple H because Triple H, you know, has the whole uh, "I am the game, the King of Kings" gimmick. He Cody Rhodes at Double or Nothing went out, got a sledgehammer from under the ring, and destroyed a throne which had the exact same logo as that as you know Triple H's throne. Whenever he does a big event, which you know it was seen as you know a dig at Triple H for you know you underutilize me. Fuck you guys. This is AEW. We're going to change the fucking game. And yeah, so it looks like we're going to see a resurgence in professional wrestling. And for a bit of irony, AEW for the TV deal is on Turner Network Television. The one company which said, hey, we're not going to do professional wrestling ever again in 2001 and cancel professional wrestling. Now they're like, hey, we're back in the wrestling business. So that's fucking amazing. AEW is on TNT, a major. Because that was the thing. It doesn't matter how good, you know, AEW's, you know, show was. If they only got a fucking... Um, deal with let's say fucking Destination America nobody would give a shit and be like oh god but TNT is a major fucking television network they've got the opportunity to completely reinvent the game with uh, their television deal because of course it's on TNT it's a network that everybody recognises from the Monday Night Wars and this could be retu- the return of maybe not the Monday Night Wars but you know a bit of competition a bit of creative invigoration because as I said AEW more adult oriented product a lot of blood a lot of violence more creative freedom as cody Rhodes said you know wrestlers are like artists you should let them play their instruments and let them say what they want to say none of this scripted over the top overproduced bullshit that we have today in wwe and this it looks like you know um their tv product i think it's starting in october and i cannot fucking wait as a wrestling fan and it's not just AEW. like say for example ring of honor new japan which are sort of indies, if you like to call them that, are going under, since AEW is going under a resurgence, so are they, they sold out Madison Square Garden, which WWE, the industry leader, has not done in about six years. <laughs> you know, even so the fact they've got Ronda Rousey and Goldberg and all these big stars, they haven't sold out Madison Square Garden in years. It's not due to lack of star power, it's because, guess what? No matter what you do with your stars, you underutilize them. You fucking put them in scripted bullshit and we can see through it. That's why, because their product is shit. It's not from lack of star power, it's from lack of sh- good storylines that you can invest in. Um, so yeah, that's been the rise and fall and rise again of professional wrestling. We are going to 
go to a resurgence in professional wrestling and there's no better time to be a professional wrestling fan you no longer have to be ashamed to be a fresh professional wrestling fan like you did have to be a few years ago because of wwe's increasingly scripted bullshit and garbage you no longer have to be ashamed it's okay to be a wrestling fan um, so yeah, that's been the rise and fall and rise again of professional wrestling. As I said, I apologise, of course, yesterday for what happened yesterday. Um, as I said, the internet went out and, of course, I had to rush through it on CRKC. But, you know, you got it for free on the Extra 8 Experience. You got your all your information there. You know, I would encourage you for feedback. As I said, if you, view, if you visit the link I put in in my Instagram and Snapchat and stuff, you can, if you see when you visit that link, you could send me a voice message, any input, any feedback, whatever, just let me know so that has been the return episode um friday june 14th of the x-rated experience thank you very much listeners for tuning in i look forward to, to you tuning in next week next friday thank you very much